hello and welcome to episode 121 of the 1099 for the week of November 27th, 2017. I'm your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is video maverick for Giant Bomb, fighting game guru, former Game Informer, video editor, and a man who looks 20 years younger than he actually is, Jason A. Striker. Jason, how are you doing today? Dear Lord, I was putting my sunglasses during that intro and it took forever. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Dude, thank you for having me on, dude. It's It's been a long time. You've been uh, you know, uh, knocking on my door for quite some time and I've been meaning to uh, to do this, but I have not had a lot of free time. So, yeah. but just recently, yeah, we got, uh, we got, uh, some, some backup in, in the office. <laughs> so I'm able to, to take some time. When you have a toddler and you have a full-time job, which the toddler is also like a full-time job, I don't blame oh, you. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to set up podcasts in general, but I, as, as you could probably see from multiple emails, I try to be persistent, but not annoying. That's always the goal. It's like, I don't want to be that guy who's like every three weeks to be like, sure. Hey, it'd be really cool if we talked sometime. It's like, I'll go like every three months for like two or three emails and then I'll eventually you did, people alone. You did great. You did great. I had you in the back of my head <laughs> during this long process. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is super tough to, to balance that stuff, you know, with a, with a toddler and, uh, just finding time and just like drawing boundaries as far as like how much work I want to bring yeah. home and, and, and whatnot. So I try very, very hard to just like dedicate as much of my time when I'm at home, uh, to my son as much as possible. So, um, but every once in a while, you know, like they're at the store right now, they're on a target <laughs> shopping trip. Um, and I had to like coordinate this with, them. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to have a free hour tonight. Let's do this. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And it's funny. I mean, just as a Absolutely. fan of Giant Bomb, one of the reasons I really want to do this is you quickly became the man. I wish Jason was on more videos guy for me. Just oh, boy. One of those things where I'm like, man, I, I want to see more situations what you wish for different people talking at different times on quick looks and everything like that. And from the outside looking in, which of course it's always crazy that way you fit in right away it was this smooth transition when you and dan got there but from your end of it going from gi to giant bomb mm -hmm. was that jarring especially when you're going from of course game informer had the website but traditional print sure. versus going to something like giant bomb which is all about the personality all about the humor and all about being mm -hmm. on video yeah, completely different world. Like, you know, working at, at GI, um, you know, the, they were very print focused and, you know, there were only two video guys, you know, that, that worked at GI at the time. Uh, ben Hansen, who is, you know, a, a fucking, uh, he's amazing, you know, um, and he does amazing thing is in, in that sort of format. Um, but then, you know, the magazine itself was very focused on, on print. Um, and I knew kind of early, you know, going in there that I didn't know how long I was going to last in that kind of environment. Um, and second on my list, uh, was, was Giant Bomb just because it was so personality based. That was, that was something that I, they were doing things that I wanted to do. Uh, so I, I kind of made that a goal, like in the back of my head and it's like, I think I want to work there someday. <laughs> I think that would be pretty rad. Um, and yeah, it was, it was super nice, uh, you know, having Dan as kind of a, you know, fallback, you know, you know, we were good friends, you know, um, going into this, uh, it, I, I guess it was super funny, like how we got hired, like, uh, you know, Vinny was kind of on, you know, the, uh, you know, the video producer side, you know, uh, doing the interview process with me, uh, Jeff was on with Dan and they had no idea that they were both looking at people from from game informer at the time they didn't they didn't realize it till much later in the process uh but yeah rolling in it was nice having dan there you know so i could kind of ease in and stuff but uh you know for the most part i, I just like 
I came in very production minded, you know, and just I I know that I've got to you know work with these people and uh, try and get the best kind of you know video out from from those guys. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's finding their quirks and their ins and outs, and you know what motivates them, and you know. Uh, how we make the site run so I, I might be the first human to ever call dan Reichert a security blanket but i, I bet that kind of <laughs> felt like that when you first moved over because i know when i when i moved from pennsylvania to jacksonville florida and i didn't know anyone here and initially mm-hmm. it's like that shock of like oh god i have to actually meet new people which is exhausting and for you you kind of had that inherent like all right if oh, everything totally, yeah. sucks at least I have this constant that is Dan Riker. Man, I'm giving him a lot of bizarre compliments, but he's very fuzzy. And you know what? Warmth comes from that. He's he's really kind of hairy and gross sometimes. Yeah. No, I I love Dan. I do. Do you miss him? I mean, that's like a silly question. Of course you do. On occasion, is, is it kind of weird. Like I the, perk up a little bit when I see him. Seriously, and I never thought I would. But yeah, when we meet up at like you know at packs and stuff like that, it's like oh, there's my dude. There's Dan. Um, but. uh <laughs> Normally, it's just like, oh, God, thank, thank God he's gone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. God. No, I'm leaving that uh, in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to remove the part where you said you're kidding. Then it's going to leave the other <laughs> part. And uh, you did mention that Giant Bomb was kind of on your radar somewhere. Of Like, I would like to work there one day. But were you mm-hmm. someone who watched a lot of quick looks, listened to the Bombcast, and kind of kept up on that sort of content? I know when I talked to I had Abby on the podcast, like, weeks after she just got hired, and she knew of giant bomb but not so much it was I, I remember her joking with me that she'd listened to like my Vinny podcast like before she while she was in the hiring process and it was like that was kind of like the first time i got to hear Vinny. he also like outlined everything he was looking for in applicants so that lucked out for her but oh nice did you were you a fan before you got in a fairweather fan like okay. i'd um I sorry, I remember when uh you know Giant Bomb kind of you know first started, you know, that you know, I certainly followed the hubbub with, you know, Jeff and, and and GameSpot. Um at that time I was actually doing a podcast of my own with some friends and uh uh so yeah, I remember them kind of coming onto the scene and going, Damn, they're they're really doing, you know, exactly what, you know, I've I wanna be doing. Um so yeah, I followed them pretty closely, just uh you know, mostly out of just like lost, <laughs> but <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's, I was, I was, I was so jealous. And, and there was even a time that I'm just like, damn it. I, I'm really pissed off. Why can't I be doing yeah. this uh, full time as well? Uh, not, not that I, you know, considered myself to be of that caliber, but it, um, it, just seeing them, you know, do what they were doing really just like solidified and just like lit a fire under my ass. And I, and it was just like, yeah yeah if those guys can make it work you know i fuck this is this is a viable career choice why i should stick with this i totally should i was in college telling anyone who would listen like if they're like if someone's like what's your dream job and everyone's giving like real legit grown-up answers i was like i would like to work at this website called giant bomb (laughs) they shoot arrows during like random videos in the hallway and play video games for a living and that's kind of what i want to go down so you know phenomenal rapping skills exactly yeah yeah, it's such a different place i mean i've written for GameSpot (laughs) and ign and that was always also my other goal as a writer to be like i want to review games for a living or cover games for a living and devoted myself to that but giant bomb was always this man they look like they're having fun like this looks like just something that everyone i I want to be a part of and of course it's you know it's not all fun i've been working in this industry long enough to know like a lot of hard work goes into that but but it was so like atypical of the uh um you know the medium at the time you know uh you know i would i was very solid in print at that time but you know websites uh you know had a different you know type of moniker 
um, as, as, as far as like, you know, where they fit in, in the industry. Um, but giant bomb was something completely different and I didn't understand how they worked. Uh, but I wanted to understand. Yeah. I like, I wanted to be doing that and just like, figure out what the hell they were doing and why it was working. It's funny. So many people, again, like me who were into that writing background, I have a journalism degree, were almost grumpy at the turn of the industry to be everything YouTube, everything Twitch, and everything has to be a Let's Play. It was kind of concerning from a distance to be like, oh, no, regular video, video game coverage where you're writing previews, reviews, news, it's still there, but it's harder and harder to get that job and for you with that video background was this kind of the best case scenario not only for the industry to move that way but for uh, giant bombs like supported by the community you can kind of do what you want in that way and work in this video space was this maybe a, a happy surprise to a certain extent yeah absolutely and it's probably um i i don't think i would have gotten into the industry any other way uh once upon a time i i, I remember actually writing like andy mcnamara at, at game informer and this is probably when i was like in you know, a 19 20 years old I knew that I wanted to be inside of the uh, industry in some capacity. I had done some writing and I remembered like applying for a job and, you know, I got, I got turned down, but um, I knew that I wasn't like in a, in a position to where I could actually seek out a journalism degree. Like, and I needed a job right then and there. And like uh, what I was good at is computer stuff, you know? So I kind of followed up on that and, and, and got in that rut as it were, uh, but then, you know, I found out that I could find a niche maybe inside of this industry. And, you know, at the time, like live streaming was, was still very, uh, you know, kind of in its infancy. Um, you know, this is back in like the Justin TV days. And, you know, a lot of people were you know, not streaming gameplay. Um, so I started doing that like on my own, like, uh, you know, just as a hobby and eventually found a job, you know, like a, a the real adult job doing that sort of thing. Um, it wasn't video games. It was, it was more like, you know, uh, medical seminars and, and whatnot. It was super boring. And, but, uh, you know, that, that, you know, it got me that experience and it got me that kind of a niche in, in, in that edge, you know, um, I found my, my little corner, I guess that I could, my Avenue that I could pursue, um, so yeah, that, that totally worked out for me, not just in the video sense, but just like, you know, more personality based stuff. Yeah. And you mentioned before, you kind of wanted just to get in there and see how it all worked. And I mentioned sure. before, because it is subscriber supported and you, of course you have bosses, but you could kind of do what you want to a certain degree. Can it almost feel surreal to work for a company that, you want things to do well, but you're not stressing over SEO. You're not looking at, can we do a top 10 battlegrounds hacks list? Can we do a, here's all the, well, there's actually like a Skyrim location video that did really well for you, but you don't have to That's do that true. kind of stuff to stay afloat. <laughs> you can do what you want and what you want is usually what the community wants. Cause to, I feel like you guys are kind of in lockstep. So is this feel it? I was, we were joking before we started here that I work from home and I'm worried about getting spoiled. Do you ever worry to get spoiled from how nice it is to kind of do the style of content you want? Absolutely. Like, you know, every, there's not a day that goes by that I, I, I don't question, like, you know, what the hell, what, what did these people want <laughs> and why do they want this? I, I don't understand. Like, it, it just, uh, it doesn't fit in with the traditional mold of, you know, you know, websites out there, you know, currently. And, uh, uh so I, I've stopped trying to figure out what, 
people want and uh, really just try to focus on what we want to do because that's that's when we put out the best content i think is you know when these guys are you know excited um about you know whatever they're producing that's 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 what people are, are locking in on um and uh, yeah it's it is totally surreal because it's not seo based you know it's it, it doesn't follow those traditional rules of um of online media so it's yeah it's it's wonderful that we get to do this we're super you duper lucky traditional rules does that of course it's it's great like we just mentioned does it ever freak you out that you're maybe like man we need to constantly keep people on their toes we need to constantly be surprising them because of course quick looks are the bread and butter you have sure on professional fridays and there's a, the, the the entire group on the east coast doing their own thing with steal my sunshine lately and was a corpse and all stuff like that but do you feel pressure maybe not from the community but just internally to constantly think up new ideas new concepts because you don't want people to lose attention yeah and absolutely and it's you know it's it's both pressure from you know community and you know from ourselves wanting to uh you know get out there and, and do stuff that we're that we're proud of and that we're excited about um and yeah it's I think it's obvious, you know, we've, we've gotten into kind of a rut, like on the West coast, as far as, you know, just getting in that quick look grind. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to break out of that. Um, and you know, a lot of, you know, the reason behind it, why, you know, we've been kind of stuck in that rut is because we're kind of short on people right now, yeah. but you know, we're finally in a position now to where we can start focusing on some of those features. Um, um, instead of just doing quick looks, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, we're, over the moon excited to get back to you know stuff that's uh, exciting for us yeah and of course you can't like spoil things and tell me exactly what you're working on but let me uh, rephrase the question in this way (laughs) is there anything since you started working there that you a concept or an idea that maybe you had in mind that you really wanted to pull off but you weren't able to pull off either because of time restraints or it's just not coming together i was talking to Vinny about this and i forgot what he had mentioned there was like different feature ideas he was discussing was like i wish this could have worked and this could have worked sure is there anything that's like sticks out as man i wish I, we could have done this or i wish we can do this in the future uh there's, there's certainly a lot of things that you know we kind of shoot for um, but we know like logistically this is not possible right now. And it's not that much of a, like a heartbreaker because you know, it's, it's, it's not our fault really. You know, it's like, we just need more time and more, more, more butts in the office. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly things that we want to do and that's, that's like, you know, stuff out on the road or just like, you know what, this is one of Jess ideas. Just like, you know, take a street fighter two cabinet, put it in the back of a truck and drive around town challenging people on the street oh to my God, street fighter start like this I mean, right that sounds like, incredible yeah that sounds super fun it's just uh yeah it's just a logistically like you know that's 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 something we kind of have to work up to um and we're 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 getting to that we're getting to that spot again i think well, when you're when you're locked in a daily content in the way mm-hmm. that you guys are and you're locked into like certain days with certain shows i can imagine it's just difficult to you want to be able to experiment especially with crazy stuff like street fighter cabinet in a truck mm-hmm. uh but right now there's more stuff to quick look than ever jeff would you know has always joked about like quick look everything you know always do quick looks for every game that comes out but now we have steam releases every single day i swear to god it's, you could have a massive release on a tuesday and then by tuesday at 6 p.m 18 different train simulator updates happen and you don't even see it on the steam store anymore yeah. so many things are coming out and not just that Battlefront 2 is maybe the most bizarre example. I don't think you had to do it for this game, but if you did a quick look before, 
the update happens, that quick looks almost useless because suddenly they remove all the microtransactions and they shift how that progression system works. So you, in some cases, might have to quick look games multiple times because they change so much. There's more to cover than ever, which is good in terms of you're not really going to run out of games to play, but is it even more difficult keeping up with what's coming out and also just finding what is actually worth devoting your time to? Absolutely. Like, luckily, it's rare in, you know, like a battle... Uh battlefield situation in which you know we have to change you know uh, like redo a quick look or something or um like revisit something um it's uh, the the challenge comes in our monday morning meetings we get together every monday we take a look at you know the steam new releases um and we just kind of parse out you know who would be you know a good choice for this game or something like that uh, who wants dibs on this who wants to quick look this um but yeah, it it is getting increasingly difficult to kind of sift through um, those titles, uh, especially in Steam, because it's just it's oversaturated with uh, uh, asset flip uh, kind of uh, situations, it's and it's mess. it's yeah, it's kind of gross out there. Um, and you know, sometimes you're going to strike gold with that, maybe in just content, and you know, like our personality, you know, rubbing against this, you know, shitty game, maybe that makes for a great video, but it doesn't really do a ton of people, you know, great service as far as like information is concerned. Um, So it's kind of balancing, you know, how much of that we want to do versus, you know, how informational we want to be at the same time, trying to keep in mind, like, you know, we've got a bunch of features that we want to work on too, like, you know, rodeos or, you know, game tapes or, uh, something like that. So, but you know, like I've said before, it's you know, it's a matter of you know getting more butts in, and uh, uh, you know, we get we've got Jan in right now, and uh, you know, we were able to do like a game tapes uh, that we recorded this past week, and um, that was that was so exhilarating. It was like finally we're getting kind of back on track. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a constant battle every week uh, to uh, to find stuff that that we want to do. Like you mentioned, one of the weirder balances is the fact that you might find some random, I'm not going to call it diamond in the rough, more Mm -hmm. like a piece of shit game in the rough where you play it and it leads to maybe one of the funniest possible quick looks. I know there was that horror game that Vinny and Dan played where there was just like a guitar that falls out of a cabinet and it just (laughs) led to one of the best quick looks of the year. But then you can also get to something that is so broken and unfun and you know you might buy it, play it, do a quick look, and then it's just a waste of time because it's like, ah, there's nothing really here. Like, there's not yeah. a lot of stuff there. But then you might get battlegrounds out of nowhere that, like, I know for me that wasn't on my radar until it came out. Oh, sure. Cells, yeah. which is maybe my one of my favorite games of the year that... High five, expect, yeah. Didn't expect anything out of that. So that has to be just insane. Everything is... Especially in cases like that, you're like, either we're going to get an amazing video out of this or it's going to be an entire waste of time. I'm I'm so lucky to work with such like talented people in that you know they can they can find a game like that and if they rub against it they can still make something out of it you know mm-hmm. um, so it it's really rare that we we find something that is just like so boring that you know it's like we I don't even know what to say about this uh, so you know they they make it their own you know uh, they try and salvage you know something so usually um, you know we'll we'll still put the quick look up I, there's only maybe one or two videos that we've you know come away from it going I don't know like I, I don't think there's anything good going on there yeah. uh, humor or otherwise so um, yeah it's 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 super rare but um, but yeah that's because we you know we sift through this stuff 
um, every week. Oh, yeah, it's, God, it's, that has to be like half your job. It's just it's, so much coming out. It's kind of demoralizing sometimes when it's just like, seriously, this is, oh, gross. <laughs> Speaking of demoralizing, what a, you set me up perfectly here. Uh, we just talked about Battlefront and I feel mm-hmm. like that is a great example of just a trend right now. We're, we're moving more and more toward loot boxes, toward mm. fully priced games that don't feel done when they come out, toward buggy launches that, Sometimes it's really hard to overcome that first impression. Something comes out, it doesn't work, and you can't really recapture people afterwards because sure. that's all they remember about it. It's it's a strange time overall for games. Granted, we also have some of the best games ever that came out this year. This is one of the best quality years for video games, but also maybe right. one of the most severe turns in terms of business practices and just the way this industry might go if we don't kind of tell publishers out there like nah this this isn't okay yeah can it be difficult to not get cynical about the state of games because you're so close to it because you're seeing this stuff every single day and because you're around all the time where you might get to a point where like god i i know i love games but when it becomes your job especially in a time where we're in this transition for triple a stuff can it get tough to be as enthusiastic about it there's times um I'll say that, you know, I'm glad that this stuff is kind of like, you know, finally coming to light and people are, are, are getting up in arms and, and very vocal about this. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's how this industry changes is, you know, consumers voting with their wallets and, and whatnot. Uh, I mean, loot boxes are, you know, certainly nothing new. Um, but yeah, they're you know, finding themselves, you know, deeper entrenched in, you know, AAA titles. Um, so sometimes I, I don't want to say that we have an obligation, but I mean, kind kind of, you know, yeah. to, to inform people of, you know, how this, you know, like currency model works, you know, how the progression works. Um, and, you know, we tried very hard to, you know, be objective about it. But at the same time, it's like this, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, not serving anybody, but, you know, the company, this is, you know, not helping out the player, player base. And, um, you know, we, we, we can be as, you know, black and white, you know, as possible about it. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people come to Giant Bomb for, you know, the personality and, you know, not hot takes, but, you know, just our, our perspective on stuff. And um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, we, we pay very close attention to that, I think. And I'm, I'm glad that we uh, are in a position, you know, where we can, you know, talk about things like that, um, kind of unfiltered. I feel like... I don't want to blow smoke up Giant Bomb's ass, which I've probably done at this point with how many podcasts I've done with everyone at Giant <laughs> Bomb, but it, it does feel like Giant Bomb was kind of the instigator or the origin point of that sort of personality in content. Of course, GameSpot during the the Ryan, the Jeff, the Brad days and stuff yeah. like that, you started to see that with podcasts, but even more now, I feel like Giant Bomb has encouraged that style of you care about what these certain people say rather than just the website as a whole when i was freelancing for GameSpot, i very much got the oh GameSpot hates this because their review says that instead of yeah pointing toward a specific writer but for giant bomb and now kind of funny and waypoint too it's it's more of when a feature comes out you don't yell at the website you argue with the individual or you agree with the individual 
over the website. Like I care about what Jeff thinks about Battlefront, or I care right. what Brad thinks about. I really don't care what Brad thinks about the latest MOBA, but like I, <laughs> I'll at least like if I were to get into MOBAs, I'd be like, okay, this is a person who might know a thing or two, and I, I feel like that's a, a positive shift rather than just caring about you know the the name, the URL. It's more about the people. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's how I, how I like, uh, gravitated towards, you know, certain writers, I guess, you know, when I was growing up, it, it was less about the publication. It's like, Hey, I read game pro, but you know what? That scary Larry guy, man, like he likes the same stuff that I do. I pay more attention to him. And, and I'm, I'm glad that we're in that kind of position as well, where uh, people uh, gravitate towards, um, People know that I like some kind of, you know, like shitty games sometimes, yeah, <laughs> but they, fine. but they, but they know my taste. They know that I like monster hunter and, and whatnot. Maybe some dynasty warriors here and there and some anime stuff. Uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's very satisfying to know that people value my opinion on that stuff. Um, I think that's, you know, like as a consumer, that's, I think that's the right way of going about it as opposed to just like, you know, uh, yeah, holding uh, GameSpot accountable for that one review, you know, just to, yeah, um, follow people who you like, I guess. Speaking of anime and things you like, we should close oh boy. games. I, I won't go too deep into anime, I promise. I'm not that, I, but something I love is <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, and something I don't like is Dragon Ball Z video games, but are you excited for Dragon Ball Z fighters? Uh, very excited, yeah. Like, I, like I just want it so badly. It's, it, uh, I, I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z guy, like it did. That I kind of missed that uh, uh, that jumping on point as far as like I, I was already in the anime. Hey man, and Dragon Ball Z was for kids. <laughs> I was a kid when there that you was go. Happening, so I uh, am directly in the Dragon Ball Z zone. <laughs> so I kind of I, I kind of missed out on the, on that boat. But uh, dude, after playing that game, like and just like knowing like uh, you know the engines that that team has produced before, this plays really really well. It looks great. Uh, it's I think it's gonna do amazing i'm aggressively excited about it. i'm not even like a fighting game person i've played some street fighter and you know i when i was a kid i used to play fighting games but i'm bad at them but there's something about i've played most dragon ball z video games which means i've gone through some pain over the years i oh, reviewed sure. xenoverse for GameSpot, and it reminded me of how passionate um dragon ball z fans are because those comments were just it, it shit show. It was a yep. cesspool of interesting takes from people oh, who sure. have not played. It was like I, I, re- I think I, you know, released that review at embargo, so no one had played it yet. But a lot of people <laughs> disagreed with what I had to say. But yeah, of fighters course. is like <laughs> top of my list for like I need to play this. Now, I just had to know it. You being a fighting game person, an anime person, that was I, I need that game. Um, yeah, it's it's got that you know, uh, it's got that appeal to you know people that are just fans of the show, um, and I think it's going to be easy enough for people to play. Just like hop in there and just like have fun with it um maybe the best looking thing in games i've ever seen like it just it, the, the animation is really incredible like, they're they're doing some amazing stuff yeah between like that and like guilty geared recently man yeah there's some there's some good looking like 2d uh fighters out there yeah god it's so good sorry shifting back to actual yeah. giant bomb i had a, a tangent i we talked before about there's a lot of different things that you'd want to do with you know in a perfect world where you had the time you had the resources what is your personal favorite style of content to do? Are are you one of those people who gets a thrill out of the live stuff where you yeah. you know anything could happen at any moment? You're trying to control the action to a certain extent, or would you like to do more tight scripted edited projects? I know Abby when I talked to her, she had mentioned you know 
maybe down the line she would love to have more time to do things that were outside of quick looks. Mm-hmm. I, I know you guys really don't really do video reviews anymore, but stuff like that, that take a different angle that aren't live. Do you have a favorite style? I don't like, uh, you know, there's times that I, that I certainly miss long form edited content. You know, th- th- uh, there's only been a handful of times, which I've had to like, you know, chop up something on a timeline since I had started a giant bomb. And that's, that's very, very strange for me, but, um, I think live production is like where it's at. That's what, gets me going man like you know we we finish up a live stream and, and there's still that thrill like that accomplishment um uh, anything could happen like you like you said um and they're just like you know putting out fires on the fly that's that that that's where i thrive that's where i have the most fun uh, but yeah you know naturally there's you know this other things you know that that we want to kind of you know dip our toe into or just have fun with you know um but yeah, uh, more often than not, like I just, I, I think I'm a producer more than, more than anything. Like, uh, there'll be times, yeah, what I want to do, you know, edit a content, but, uh, no, I, yeah, bring on, you know, UPF and, you know, just, uh, live anything. And I'm super happy. Have you had a major, oh God, I don't know how to save this moment in a live show where something goes wrong and you can't really pick it up. Again, you're working oh, in a lot of cases yeah. behind the scenes and you're also <laughs> working with people who can pick it up. But have you had a freak out moment? Uh, I can't pinpoint anything because, you know, it's it's probably almost a daily occurrence. Like <laughs> stuff goes wrong all the time. Uh, what what has been such a blessing um, being a giant bomb and like in it, uh, this community like expects a shit show sometimes <laughs> and they're okay with that. Uh, if, if something goes horribly wrong, it's kind of funny to them, you know, they'll let you know about it and you will catch, catch some shit. But at the same time, <laughs> like they kind of understand. And that was extremely like freeing for me because I was, I was so like, uh, you know, nervous when I first started, but you know, as soon as I learned that, it's like, okay, all right, I screwed that up. We're moving forward. Um, these people understand. Uh, that gave me a lot of confidence. And, you know, that helped me, you know, like experiment and be creative, I think, a lot more. Um, yeah. And, I mean, personally, it just it takes time to just fit in in people's systems. Because I would assume yep. Giant Bomb has, you know, this entire format where they're doing things or like you know Vinny has his way of doing it Drew has his way of doing it and you know you have to learn how to do different things like that and there are plenty of major and small sites that are doing video content and doing great stuff with videos but it kind of feels like we're still at a point where we have a lot of room to grow it's funny how new video is to games media in general like for the Mm -hmm. longest time it was just if you wanted to see new info about a game you'd grab a magazine you'd read a preview you would stare intently at a screenshot and try to understand everything that's going on in that screenshot because you didn't actually get video of a game before it was released right uh for you personally where do you see the most room for growth in video coverage maybe not just in giant bomb but just as a fan of video games and someone who maybe scrolls through youtube or different sites what could be better what do you want to see more of uh certainly more like just in-depth coverage as far as the personalities behind uh you know people that make games you know and we're seeing a lot of that out of you know like no clip and you know of course you know drew's traveling the world over to you know take you know deeper dives on on things like that um it's super easy to just go out on YouTube. Um, and there's 
always going to be a market for you know for just like straight raw gameplay footage you know i look for that when i'm looking at fighting games and and whatnot uh but at the same time i really want to ingest that i really want to like you know just know more about you know these people that are that are making games that's supremely like interesting to me um and we don't get a ton of that you know obviously um because you know it's kind of amazing that we don't right yeah like i I know we are now but for the longest time these games that define childhoods that defined a lot like these 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 pieces of quote-unquote art it's a weird mm-hmm. term for it but these things you really love you don't know how they got made or who made them right you could play games for 30 40 50 years and really not have any idea of how that came together and it's finally happening now yep and yeah that's uh, yeah like i said yeah really really interesting and uh, you know and yeah it's cliche to say hey video games are art or whatever but they're profoundly you know like ins- inspirational to us and like you know they, they they're very formative you know to to i know they were with me you know uh, i learned a lot from video games growing yeah. up um and yeah i want to you know find out as much as possible about you know there's the process behind that yeah it's it's so interesting to me i mean i had drew on the show a while ago first off just like traveling the world and doing i'm so happy for him he wants like that's the Seems like what again, I've only talked to him over on this podcast. Seems like one of the nicest people in the world. It's also just like, man, did he figure out exactly what he wanted to do? Yep. Um, but you nailed cool it. See, yeah, he 100% <laughs> did. It's cool to see people like him, you know, explore games in that way and people like Danny explore games in that way. And I, I think maybe the most encouraging thing from my end is people are supporting that really strongly, which means people like give a shit about who makes their games, how their games are made. I had Mark Brown, who does a Game Maker's Toolkit on yep. YouTube not too long ago, and that's another channel where it's looking at this stuff from this design standpoint and how much you can get done. You don't have to always be a part of the team in order to understand why certain design decisions were made or how this stuff came together. And you did mention before no clip and uh, cloth map. Are there any other channels or individuals you look at on YouTube elsewhere who maybe you're not jealous of, but you're like... <laughs> First off, what they're doing is rad, and second, you're taking inspiration from them. Are there anyone else, any other people that stand out? My life in gaming, I like oh. an awful lot. Uh, but then there's also just like uh, um, channels that just do product reviews, but they're super in depth. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I'm shopping for like a new microphone or something like that, you know, there's a few channels that I that I go to that it's like. I know I'm going to get some really good coverage there and, you know, uh, conceptually like it's very basic stuff, but at the same time, it's like, they're telling me exactly what I need to know. (laughs) And there's, yeah, there's, there's a bit of like, you know, technophile, not technophile, but just like a techno geek inside of me that I, I really want to cover hardware as well. Like, and I'm super into just like the tech of like, you know, home streaming setup, you know, that's something that I did, you know, as a hobby, you know, before getting into the industry and I still follow it pretty closely just because it's so fascinating to me. Um, so that, that, that's definitely a different, uh, um, format than, than what we're talking about, but it's something that I just like, I, I eat up. I love that stuff. Do you, um, and again, because you have this access, you get to kind of see games early, play games early, talk to people on the Giant Bomb staff who have played games early, but are there any particular writers out there who you look for when you're trying to decide whether or not you want to get something? Are there any critics who, I mean, I I feel like I have exhausted the, the Austin Walker choice here, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if I want a take on a game i will go to austin walker very often to kind of be like all right where's his head at because i know where he stands on a lot of issues and how he views games 
I'm interested to see his take on this. Do you have anyone like that or a group like that where you go to when a game comes out? Uh, Austin Walker. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we we align on uh, you know very similarly on 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 a lot of games. So it, it's always great to uh, to get his take uh, for sure. Um, but more often than not, I don't know. I, I think it's because you know I, I've strived to like kind of cover stuff that we like the the rest of the guys either don't have an interest in or you know, like we don't have time to do or or whatever and it's kind of like you know more indie off the beaten path uh stuff unfortunately it's kind of led to me being hey i'm the dynasty warriors guy but yeah. i know that they're like really really devoted fans out there and they they want not not like representation but uh, they want their games to be kind of showcased as well and to be given like a fair shot um, and because this is kind of a job, like I, I don't have the opportunity to like, you know, seek out, um, a lot of the stuff, you know, for entertainment as much as I used to, unfortunately. But, uh, uh, yeah, luckily I've, you know, um, so really talented like peers in the industry. Um, and because they're, you know, they're friends like I, I follow their stuff pretty closely. So that's, that's super cool. Um, yeah, that Austin Walker guy, he's, he's pretty, pretty good. He's he's pretty all right. Kind of like he's that dude. Pretty okay at breaking down games in a way that not a lot of people do. That's the fun part right now. I and mean, we talk a lot about how far video has come and how many things we can do with YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. But because games have advanced so far in narrative and mm-hmm. message, and you know, like I have not played near Automata, but I feel like just that stands to me as a game of like. Man, this is n- very unlike anything that's come before it. And there's a lot of games in general, Wolfenstein, that mm-hmm. go places that other games haven't. Because there's stuff like that, we now have writers out there who their writing has also taken the next step because they're able to discuss things that we didn't talk about before. And I've yeah. talked about this multiple times, but police brutality, when you talk about um, Battlefield, was it Hardline? I always get it wrong. Um, where Austin Walker did a piece on Pace Magazine about police brutality relating to a video game and if you look 10 years ago even like five years ago you would never expect that kind of writing out there and it, not at it's all fun yeah. it's fun to see the writing and the video and games themselves and games are kind of the engine that runs this all kind of advancing at the same time where we keep seeing new and interesting takes and new interesting ideas um all coming out at once it's it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun to like now search for different writers and with Patreon support those critics who are talking about games in a way where even if you wildly disagree with the take, it makes you think about a game in a way you've never thought about it before. Absolutely. Yeah. And because, you know, the mediums changed so much, you know, once upon a time, it was all about, you know, uh, making sure that those issues flew off newsstands. So, you know, it was extremely, you know, clickbaity, not, not clickbaity, but, you know, attention grabbing headlines. And, you know, there weren't a lot of, you know, think pieces. Uh, and if there were, they weren't, you know, at, at you know, the, the bookstores, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, the internet's great for that, you know, and, um, it's been, it's, it's been really, really cool seeing this Patreon stuff, like kind of take off and, uh, you know, specific writers, like, you know, getting themselves out there and becoming successful, um, in a way that was just like previously impossible. This is, yeah, it's, it's really empowering and it's really, really cool and inspiring. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's really, again, speaking of when we talked about 
no clipping cloth map. It's, it's fun to see that being supported. It's fun to see these different sites like Waypoint being able to exist off tackling stuff like that. And I mean, Giant Bombs community, again, uh, for all of them that are listening right now, they've been incredible to me for, you know, all these different podcasts I've done with the staff. But for you since first getting there, what about the community has impressed you the most? Because I, I mean, uh, you mentioned Jan before, who you just basically tweeted, like, here's our new hire. And yep. it went from, like, 200 followers to, like, four or 5,000 followers on Twitter in just, <laughs> <Yep>. like, <laughs> minutes. Because it's just, like, everyone's rallying the troops. Like, all right, here we go. And, I mean, people, like, you know, same thing with, like, Ben Pack. And then Abby goes from, I think it was, like, 400 to, like, she's, like, 30,000 now has become this, like, this Twitter complete inferno, like, amazing person. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't just care about giant bomb they care about each individual there i I know a lot of people who just want to know as much about the people at giant bomb as possible have any of the interactions um either on the forums or on twitter on the comment sections or even in person at a pax 33 have any specific ones really stood out that made you maybe just appreciate what it's like having this job uh almost Daily, seriously, like, you know, with the letters that we get in mailbags and, you know, private messages that, that, that stuff means a lot. Like, you know, if, you know, they, they take the time to, you know, just like point out, Hey, your guys stuff like really mattered to me. And it really got me through a hard spot in life. You know, that, um, uh, that's inspiring. Like that, that keeps us going like that really makes this stuff worth it. You know, there's, there's plenty of times that, you know, we're, we're checking forum threads and, you know, maybe there's some not nice comments out there and that's a little demoralizing, but, um, man, all it takes is that one, that one person saying, thank you, you know, that (laughs) it's, yeah, it's extremely, extremely meaningful. I hope Um, people realize it too. Cause like, that's the thing. I mean, if smaller scale with just this podcast, when you get those emails, when you get those Reddit comments, when you get those tweets that show how much they appreciate it, I don't think either of us do it for the appreciation. You don't do it for the cheers from the audience, but man, does that keep you going? And maybe also just remind you if you have a shitty day or a shitty week of just like, Oh man, like this means something to Mm -hmm. people. If, yeah, if, if people really like enjoy a moment during a stream or something like that, you know, that, that maybe I had a part in, maybe I fucking, I'm, maybe I brought in that Goomba and I made him fly across the screen and people just like, you know, ate that up that, yeah, I, I feel awesome because <laughs> I made somebody laugh or, or whatever. That sounds so cliche, right? But, but it's true. Yeah. It's, I, I, yeah, I love doing that stuff. Um, and yeah, it, it just doesn't get, said enough i think like i really appreciate um our fans out there because they're so i don't know uh not hmm. they're totally into our stuff and they're very accepting but man uh, sometimes that's a double-edged sword as well like you you said it yourself like people want to know the 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 personality behind um you know who's coming on board you know like uh when patrick came on like uh it it was interesting because he wasn't like really introduced as like a personality. Like he was mainly news and, and, and mm-hmm. such. And I think there was a, the weird, like, you know, negative backlash towards him, which I, I still don't fully understand, <laughs> but, uh, cause that dude's awesome. But, uh, you know, we, we experienced, uh, you know, something really strange with Jan as well. Like, you know, um, he had some like less than choice language that he used five or six years ago in some tweets and, you know, 
he forgot about it. I didn't search that far back. Uh, people I would found be shocked that. if you did. People found stuff, you know, and you know they immediately, you know, brought it out there, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> and that's. It really does remind you just the degree. It you it is a double edged sword. Yep. And I would assume it has to be first off jarring because you've never done anything like this where people intimately care. Because when I so when I put out the um the call on Twitter a couple hours ago, like hey, I'm talking to Jason. If you have any questions, almost immediately a lot of people are like, oh, ask him about like his past and his background because like there's like mystery mm-hmm. to certain stuff. I know he has uh, like crazy life beforehand or stuff like that. Yeah. And there's the weird balance where you're like. I don't think you mind sharing stuff like that, but it's also bizarre. And this is, I'm not blaming the people who tweeted this at me, but it's also has to be crazy for you that people care so much about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a little, hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm always at odds as to how much I like to share, but I don't know. Uh, I've had a weird life kind of coming up. And if that can like help, anybody put things in perspective or help them in any way like i'm more than happy to share you know um they want to know anything specifically you know hit me up on twitter that's that's absolutely fine but yeah it's a little weird in in like a big format like this i guess like no i totally understand i mean like i i think there has to be that (laughs) work-life balance really matters when your work is public and people want to know more about your life i mean it's funny like jeff drives home and streams himself driving home so like for him there's also he's an open dude yep but also for anyone who follows the site it's not like he sits there and talks about like here's my home life here's my family here's this stuff unless it comes up and it's something important so yeah he's super good about balancing that yeah one thousand percent i think for sanity's sake you have to keep certain things not away from the community but just to yourself because you have this life i mean you stream with your family sometimes which is incredible and awesome but yeah i think you have to kind of find that balance in your life of what is worth sharing and what's some stuff that i need to kind of keep outside where when i go home i can't be you know video guy jason i have to be family guy jason where i put all that stuff away how often do you look at twitter is that something you try to avoid when you go home so on weekends i pretty much put the phone away um yeah it's it was really hard doing that because it was such a constant in my life but um it became you know a huge distraction like i'm missing out on stuff you know (laughs) i'm missing out on you know i had moments with my son so uh as a general rule like you know i get home and I, i usually put the phone down um and then yeah on weekends almost religiously i just like get the hell out of here and i I feel bad if people are trying to get a hold of me but it's like uh yeah and especially with just you know the climate of you know the twitter and social media right now man it's just so negative out there um it's it's hard to spend any amount of time in there and feel good you know Um, you get lost like oh, it's yeah. so easy to find yourself on like a Friday or a Saturday just digging deep into a Twitter hole that you might feel like you're being productive, but you're absolutely not. And all you're doing is, and like you said, because of the climate right now, it's, I think maybe it might be best to just take your phone and throw it away for a bit on a weekend just to detox yep. from that. It's so easy to just instinctively until I find out better way to just like filter some of that stuff or just like you know better manage myself you know where you know if i see something that's like somebody retweeted something and they just say thread i'm like oh (laughs) i really want to click on that i just need to know uh 30 of these tweets right 
uh, yeah, I need to be able to tell myself no in those situations until I'm, you know, in a spot where I can, you know, uh, like ruin my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And you could fall in love with it when you have like 30,000 followers, something like that. So you could tweet something and have conversations with dozens of people, which again, it's the positive and negative. It's the, do I really want to live my life you, your job is on the internet do you want your social life to also be on the internet and at that point is it even a social life like what do you even call that it's right. still it's so strange it's so hard to balance that kind of stuff that's true but it, yeah i would love to find a way to to balance that a little bit more you know that uh, twitter is is great in that it's you know the most anti-social social app you know and that works for me because you know i've got a lot of social anxiety but um i feel compelled to just like you know talk to people more you know about you know i've got a ton of followers you know i I should be able to have conversations with these guys without (laughs) uh getting scared uh but i do well if it helps your social anxiety as someone who also has social anxiety yours doesn't show it doesn't really come out in any streams or videos or anything like that Uh Uh now now you're gonna think you're just bulletproof (laughs) we talked before about you know jan just joined the team Mm -hmm. which Anytime anyone on Giant Bomb joins, like the entire community has a freak out session, both positive and negative. Sure. Uh, what's it been like working with new hires as someone who I've been at my current job in Florida for about like three years, but I think every once in a while I still have that, oh, I'm still the new guy kind yeah. of moment where you still feel like you're the new person. I, did you, first off, does that still kind of linger where it, is it weird now being the, the seasoned person at Giant Bomb? And did you have any specific advice for those two when they got there? Um, form, you know, find out how everybody ticks, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff and Brad might tick differently with me than they do with Jan, you know. Um, you know, I can, I can give him advice as far as like, you know, what kind of motivates them sometimes, but that's, that's not always going to be the case. So it's just going to be a lot of trial and error, you know, um, he's going to need to build up trust with those guys as well. You know, um, you know, these guys have been in the industry a very long time. Giant bomb is very near and dear to their heart, to everybody's heart. Um, so everybody takes, you know, this very, very seriously. So, uh, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, being the, being the new person. Um, but at the same time, we all want him to succeed, right? So, you know, just go forward with that knowledge, you know, uh, and with that encouragement um, and just do your thing. Um, it's all going to sift out. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we chose Jan for a reason, you know. We really like his personality. We really like his production chops, you know. Uh, on paper, you know, we, we think this guy's going to, you know, knock it out of the park and fit in. Um, so he's just, you know, it's going to happen. He's just got to do it. You know, is it hard to interview for a job where personality is so important? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's not just personality. uh, It's also, can this blend? Yeah. You're not just worried about like, if his video chops are incredible, that's really cool. But if he's, you know, maybe doesn't work with this person or has trouble opening up in this spot. I I remember talking to Jeff right around the time where Ben and Abby were getting hired. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, you can't, prove that until you add that ingredient you, you don't know what it's going to be like so yep. is that stressful for you extremely yeah uh, you know we're, we're looking for kind of a unicorn right like yeah. something that on paper shouldn't exist <laughs> you shouldn't have all of these qualities right uh because we need them to be you know so much uh in typical production roles you know you're not going to spend that kind of time on camera but a giant bomb you do it just works out that way um so when 
you know, we're, we're part of a big corporation. So, you know, when this job gets opened, you know, uh, HR recruiting gets involved and, and, you know, they're kind of the first line of, uh, they'll sift out like the people like, Hey, these people are asking too much money, you know, they'll get cuts or, or, or whatever. Um, but then they'll, they'll send over people that they think are you know, extremely qualified, but that might not line up with what we're looking for. So, uh, when, I was tasked with finding somebody, uh, you know, HR, you know, sent over a few people and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. So I inevitably, I, I asked to see everybody, um, which was, that was a couple of weekends worth, you know, and say that's a lot of work, uh, you know, checking everybody's, you know, cover letter and, you know, sites if they had them, um, and just, you know, trying to find not necessarily that diamond in the rough, but just like, you know, a bunch of people that, um, might work out. So after that, you know, it's, it's, it's less about what they've done and a little bit more about, you know, how they're going to fit in with this group. Cause you know, I, it's kind of an entry level position. Like, you know, if they've got the chops and they're, they're wired for it, you know, they're going to be able to pick up whatever, you know, we're doing. It's just, uh, the most important thing is like how well they gel with the group. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's hard to know. It's really, really hard to know until, until they get in. Again, like you mentioned, it's it's so hard to know until it actually happens. But yep. I wish him the best. I mean, again, yeah, the community is incredible. So I I feel like he's I feel like he's in a good spot. Uh, last major thing, it, we both came into you know games media is a weird term because I don't know what you'd consider giant bomb. I guess games media is maybe the catch all term for it. But we both, sure. we both came into jobs like this as fans and as people who mm-hmm. read a lot of games, you know, game reviews who. Even if we talked earlier about a lot of people don't know who make the games, people like us did because we were nerds who were obsessed with that kind of stuff. Have there been any developers or personalities within the industry that when you met them at an E3 or maybe one of your live shows at E3 that you were kind of starstruck by? Uh, either at Giant Bomb or Game Informer. I've had multiple times. I remember I talked to Adam Sessler on this podcast and he um, turned his Skype video on. I'm suddenly just staring at Adam <laughs> Sessler in his house. And I was like, this is a weird, like, life got really weird. Like, this is very strange. Mm-hmm. You're talking to Mike Laidlaw, who's, who was the creative director of Dragon Age. And I'm like, how, how did shit get here? Have you had any how did shit get here moments? Yeah, totally. Uh, especially when I first started at Game Informer, because, uh, I mean, there were, there were, it was a revolving door of, you know, big names coming in, you know, for cover stories and, and whatnot. Uh, luckily I was in the position to where I was production. So I was not on the first line of defense with those guys. You know, I just kind of sat behind the camera and, you know, mic'd people up and, and whatnot. But, um, so I was able to kind of get those jitters out initially. Uh, I remember when I first met, uh, Ono from, you know, the Street Fighter 4 producer, you oh, know, that was, that was a big deal, you know, uh, for me. And yeah, I, I kind of fanboyed out a little bit because I was, uh, that was like one of the first times that I had like been put into like a preview kind of role, like an editorial, uh, because I was so familiar with, you know, um, you know, the street fighter series, you know? Um, so yeah, that was like my first time interviewing and everything. And then, you know, here's this, you know, guy that I, uh, you know, thought the world of, um, yeah, that, that definitely happens. And it still happens, you know, today. Um, you know, when we're doing like the, uh, you know, E3 shows, uh, anytime like Lauren Lanning is talking, I'm just like, 
wow that dude is, <laughs> is i've had him on this podcast twice and every time i'm like this is every word is a gift right <laughs> like it's really incredible it's also the hair too i can't like i i Yep. It's really something else. But yeah, I love being in those positions. And I'm not going to say that I'm like jaded now, you know, but I do have to turn on like, you know, this is work, you know, and I'm producing these guys and, you know, I got to make sure that they're sitting on the couch in five minutes. So I got to kind of get over the, uh, um, the jitters and, and yeah, uh, fall into that producer role. But, uh, but yeah, it's funny seeing like, uh, you know, um, Tim Schaefer, like, uh, you know, walking down the street drunk, like out of packs or something and say, <laughs> Hey man, what's up? Yeah. That's, uh, that's always fun. Yeah. I saw Warren Spector at a, you know, at a Jimmy John's, you know, just like, that's, that's that, the last place I would expect to find Warren right, Spector. Right. He's just ordering a sandwich. There's Warren Spector. Wow. <laughs> That's Even that's crazy. If you do have like in your case where you're like, I need to mic these people up, I need to make sure all this runs smoothly mm-hmm. and maybe you're not worried as much about, you know, being starstruck over it. I, I think no matter what, my thing is always the second it doesn't feel crazy or special to be able to talk to these people and be around these people, the second I should probably stop doing this. And I think we're maybe, probably yeah. in the same in the same situation where you, you still talk to or work with that random person who you looked up to even when i uh, when i first started writing for GameSpot and kevin van ord was editing my work i was fucking terrified because that's right. who i yeah. was reading when i was trying to model my work after people i'm like all right this is the guy and then he was like i was in a google doc and he was staring at my work i'm like oh uh, yeah <laughs> oh god he's gonna fucking hate it and like the, the second you get a compliment you just like melt immediately sure <laughs> like, this is the most amazing moment of my life so yeah i think it's even if you get a certain degree of jaded, there's always that moment, I think, where maybe you you breathe, take a step back, and you're like, shit. Yep. I just saw Warren Spector at a Jimmy John's. Like, that's that's it. Yeah, that's I've made it. Peak of life. I made I've it. I made it. We're both getting sandwiches. Not that we're ex- essentially the same people. We have the same accomplishments because we're both getting sandwiches at this restaurant. Warren Spector like Slim 5-2. Oh, my God. <laughs> But it's, a, you know, it's, it's doubly important to, uh, if you're in the industry, right. And you are supposed to be peers to these people, like you need to turn off that fanboyism and focus more on not challenging them so much as like, you know, like not agreeing with them, but just like, uh, you need to make them as, as best <laughs> look the best as, uh, I'm trying to find the right wording here. Well, you need to be like, it's weird to be like, you need to be on their level, but not necessarily on their level, but yeah, uh, I think you can't be afraid. And this is something I learned on this podcast. You meant like, I don't think you'd be afraid to disagree with them. Right. You can't be like when you're especially having discussions like Jeff does on those couches, even if they are these people who you look, you know, think so highly of, you can't just be fanboy, say yes to everything, say you're right to everything where you have to talk to them on this even playing field it takes a while to get there again especially if yep. you were talking i was next to hideo kojima once and i'm like oh my god i don't even know how to contain myself but you need to hold that back to a certain extent and be able to talk to them like humans because shocker yep they are in fact humans yep reel it in for the time being you can freak freak out later that's yeah, yeah. that's you need that session later where you're like oh my god i can't believe that just happened <laughs> every once in a while i need to get that out um Jason, I, I know you're not a super social media person, but if people did want to find you 
on social media where's the plus best place to do that and also second I know you're about to get into Game of the Year stuff. Oh, so boy. you're probably going to be mostly super busy with that. What's going on at Giant Bomb for the end of the year that you can talk about? And, you know, I don't know if you have this schedule mapped out, but you might. You can expect some uh, some lists. We're going to, like, <laughs> take a look at some of these games and say, hey, this one is probably better than that one. And there'll be a lot of that. And then people going, nuh-uh. <laughs> and then other people going, yeah huh so yeah that'll be at the end of the year uh we'll 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 say that about video games a lot oh god it's gonna be crazy this year yeah good lord uh if people want to look me up and stalk me i'm on twitter uh you can find me at uh, unistrike uh u-n-a-s-t-r-i-k-e i'm actually happy you didn't do like at your first and last name because i've never been able to correctly spell your last name there we go yeah like, nobody's I, ever going to so it's like it's so difficult i know it, it defies convention that yeah man why is that e in the i like that that's not right yeah i, I look at it like wait why does it start with an o what? like there's so many different things going on with your last name that i can't fully like i thought mine was complicated and then i started to write down yours and it's like, nah, i don't even it, i am fortunate mine's not as insane it uh, uh, it sounds a lot cooler than than it looks so it sounds super cool you right? sound like a fighting game character yeah. which is really i think all you've ever wanted and you have now achieved that yes uh, jason thanks so much for doing this again i know you're a busy guy i i really want to talk to you for a long time i wasn't kidding when i said that when you first got the giant bomb it just was like one of those immediate easy transitions um and uh, again always i'm like i Thank hope you. jason's on this pod you know well you produce all the podcasts now but i hope jason's on this video this quick look at this everything like that uh the the game of the year podcasts are what i listen to while i'm driving home from jacksonville to pittsburgh for the holidays so i eagerly anticipate them and yeah uh, hopefully you won't have to like pull over and stream too much uh we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see we'll probably see. not too much okay. it usually <laughs> usually works out pretty okay i i yell a little bit at my dog in the backseat <laughs> about certain games i disagree with but you know she gets over it uh so yeah i can't wait for that and can't wait for everything you do now that jan's there in 2018 i can't wait yeah that dude's pretty rad and yeah thank you for having me on anytime yeah absolutely uh thank you again everyone for listening hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099